Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we cover We Summon the Darkness. Police came across another grisly murder scene last Ooh, night. Wait, I want to hear that. The walls covered in satanic symbols. Another gruesome ritualistic murder claimed the lives of six people last night following a heavy metal concert that local religious groups were protesting. <laughs> This is supposed to scare other people, not us. So you ready for Soldiers of Satan? All right, let's go. <laughs> Cheers to a night that we're going to remember for years to come. Here, here. My brothers and sisters, the evil that is heavy metal rock music is unwavering, and its goal to corrupt our children's souls. Girls, be careful now. There's a lot of evil out there. You don't think we can fend for ourselves? Boys! Do you want to have a threesome with us? How many more children must die in Satan's name? Jesus, Mary and Joseph. It is not too late. Join me in this fight. Incinerate these demons and send them back to hell. Hey, I, I know you. I'm the wrath of God. Why are the police here? Good riddance. This film was recently released on, like, during April. It's on Netflix, which is where we caught it. Uh, I had heard like things here and there about the film. You go in thinking when you, the trailer doesn't give anything away. And if you look up the description of the film, it's very vague, which I appreciated because I went in with a whole different like thought about what this movie was going to be about. But the cast, before we get into the actual film, has some recognizable people. We have uh, Amy Forsyth from... Season two of Channel Zero. And from Hellfest. And I really loved the, uh, oh, which is on Shudder, um, the TV show that I just named, Channel Zero. She did a fantastic job in that one. That was the one with the fucking haunted, haunted house. house. It's which is ironic. Her next movie out was Hellfest, which is about going to the like theme park. Yeah, it's like Beware. And now she's going to a concert, so it's... It's a weird, like, don't go places. She's saying, Don't go places with her. Yeah, you're going to get <laughs> dead some way or another. We have the lovely uh, Ale- Alejandra uh, Daddario, Alexander Daddario from the Percy Jackson series. Annabeth, if you happen to be a fan way back when of her from that film. Or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, that's one of my favorite terrible movies. <laughs> or Bearing the X, which coincidentally, the writer of this film is also the writer of that film. Yes, yeah, so I wonder, I guess that's maybe why she wanted to work in this one. Yeah, Alan Treza. He, and believe it or not, Johnny Knoxville's in the film. He comes out, he's playing a pastor. He comes out, I'm like, is that fucking Johnny Knoxville? I'm like, yeah, that is him. Holy <laughs> shit. I didn't even recognize him for a minute. No, because he's mad old. And then it also is like, whoa, a lot of time has passed since that TV show um, aired, which I barely watched. What was the name? Kick-Ass? Jackass. Jackass. Kick-Ass. That'd be a great name for a show, too. <laughs> that Wait, was a there great was a movie. movie. There you go. It's a great movie. 
and uh, Taylor Swift's brother. Yeah, I didn't even know Taylor Swift had a brother. But apparently he shows up in here, and I'm like, holy shit, she has a brother? Okay. And he was pretty decent in this. He wasn't just uh, riding on her coattails or anything. He actually did a pretty good job in this. No, I had no idea. I, he's just a guy. He was just a guy in the movie. I was like, okay. And it wasn't until way after, I mean, literally five seconds before we started this, we found out. Oh, yeah, that's Taylor Swift's brother. He just happens to be in this film. He plays Ivan. Uh, Alexander Daddario's character is Alexis, so that kind of helps yeah. her out in that way because she doesn't have to, you know, remember that much. Beverly is Amy, and uh, there's another chick. I think her name's Val. Yeah. So there's three girls that are going to go to this uh, rock concert. Heavy metal concert, specifically, because this all takes place in the 80s. During the whole, if you were alive during the 80s, you remember the whole satanic panic with Geraldo on the air at least once a month talking about Satanism and bringing on Charles Manson and Anton LaVey. And I remember when he brought on, uh, he was on a crusade against horror movies and he brought on Daniel Harris and Terry O'Quinn and kind of ambushed him on the show about, you know, being in horror movies and yelling at Daniel Harris about how how could your mother let you be in these horrifying movies and Terry O'Quinn had to like jump in and get between like Geraldo and her and be like, Hey, maybe you should not scream at the like ten year old girl. Maybe. So let's not do that. Wow, that's I've never even heard this story. Yeah, he got a little raw Geraldo got a little rough like yelling at her about like how can you be in these movies? Do do you think it's warped you as a person? Like really getting on her case about it and Terry O'Quinn was like, you know, maybe we could just not yell at the child. Maybe we could not do that. Yeah, it's nineteen eighty eight. I'm in the film. I'm gonna tell you uh it took me probably I don't know, twenty or thirty minutes. Where I must have said something to Shad. He was like, this is set in the 80s. It's in the 80s. We're in the 80s. And I was like, are we? Are we in the 80s? Because I totally had no fucking idea we're in the 80s. Well, see, here's the thing. The freaking metal people have not changed since the 80s. <laughs> They're all still wearing the same shit. They're, half of them are driving the same shitty van or whatever it is with fucking Frazetta paintings on the side of it. And they're proud of it. So this metal concert in 1988 isn't going to look any different than the metal concert in 2020 when you pull up in the fucking parking lot. It's going to be full of stoner people out there. The people that are like, rock on. I saw Metallica in 83 before they were famous. Fuck all of you. That guy's going to be at every concert. So yeah, this this is no different. If they said it now, it wouldn't be any different. They could set it in the 80s just because they wanted to have this satanic panic thing going on in the background. Otherwise, it could have been now. I'm also going to say that the film is also set in Indiana. So for me, Indiana is still in the 80s. Yeah, it probably still is, to be quite honest. No offense to anyone living in Indiana. But come on, if you live in Indiana, you know. I mean, you're you're from a small town in a place. I know know where it was. Okay, I was just checking. (laughs) I'm sorry, so... You know, I feel like towns like that, they're kind of a little behind, you know. They're way I'm, behind. I, <laughs> Look, I grew up in the high school where if you showed up in the Metallica t-shirt, they were like, oh, yeah, he definitely worships the devil. And, you know, it didn't help that I was carrying, like, Constantine comics to school with, you know, giant pentagrams on the front of them and John Constantine ripping his veins open, shit like that on the cover. So, yeah, I understand. You do that kind of stuff, you're immediately a devil worshiper to be feared. 
The other thing I didn't know about this is that the game Never Have I Ever has been around since around before or around this time in the 80s. I thought this was a game that was literally invented like within the last like, I don't know, 15 years. No, it's been around for a while. So I obviously, I don't know what I was doing in the parties that I went to, but I was not playing this game or nor was I playing Spin the Bottle either so what the fuck i missed out well i wasn't either but i didn't get invited to parties because i was a devil worshiping weirdo guy so you know with red hair so you had all kinds of things against against me uh i don't want to give too much away about the film because i mean you know watch the film (laughs) and at the end this is the end of the podcast thanks thanks for joining us stay tuned to the horror (laughs) by Well, so we can get a little more. The the girls, we start out with them, and they're they're going to this metal concert, and they have a little bit of a run-in with these guys. Oh, wait, wait. Before you get into that, let's just throw this out there. While they're at the convenience store, not to do a step-by-step, but while they're at the convenience store, you happen to see that that the TV's playing in the background, and they overhear in the TV store and also, or I should say, in the convenience store they're in, and then later on the radio when they're back on the road, they hear about these killings that are going on. There's like 18 murders that have happened, and they're all satanic-esque kind of murders. Yeah, there's always pentagrams and all this kind of stuff found at the scene, which, you know, back in the 80s, you heard about this shit all the time, and 99% of it turned out not to be true. So they they hit the road. They hit the road, and they have a little bit of a run-in with these guys who throw some shit out the car window, and it bounces on all over their car. It's like a fucking milkshake. Like, who does that? Yeah. So, of course, they run into these guys at the concert, and... <laughs> I'm so sorry. I literally, as I'm thinking about the cup hitting the windshield, I'm having a flashback in Anchorman when Jack Black throws the fucking hot dog <laughs> whatever the fuck it is and Will Ferrell's shield and he's like man who throws a hot dog like, no no it was so, Will Ferrell that threw the hot dog oh it was Will Ferrell that, that's yeah. right he threw it at Jack Black yeah. and he, because he was on a motorcycle yeah I'm just having a flashback of this scene because people throwing shit out of the windows is never a good thing yeah so they meet up with the guys at the concert and then things get crazy from there yeah, that's when I realized. So, just in case you want to know the part of like, when did Betty realize that this is set in the eighties? That was the moment they're having this conversation back and forth about you know, uh, watching you know, being at different concerts and everything. Def they're talking Leopard about and- they're talking about Cliff Burton recently dying in, from Metallica, and you know, it's going to be their first album with the new guy and all this. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this is a... I was like, I was like, Shad, this is a period piece. <laughs> like, yes, they did say that at the beginning when it said 1988 on the screen. I fucking missed that, apparently. I just totally missed that. Uh, the it, This is one of those films where it's not set in a lot of different places. You have like like three or four locations it's not very it's very limited it's not moving around everywhere yeah and uh, but it works for this because it didn't really need to be in a lot of different places you need to be like the convenience store the concert and then where they end up after that and you know it didn't really seem like it was a very limited budget or anything like that it didn't feel cheap some of the movies you can tell like you get the feeling right away they're like okay they're never going to leave this one house you know like when we watched After Midnight, 
that was a decent enough movie, but they never left that house until except for one scene where they went to a bar, you know? So you could tell that that was where they had the money and to film was that one place. That was it. Yeah. Um, the movie gets really, the movie quickly gets into, I would say like what, like 30 minutes in, you, you, the shit starts happening and then it's kind of, uh, paced, I'm not say fast paced, but it picks up and then it just keeps going. Yeah. It's, uh, once it gets going, like at first you're kind of like, you know, waiting for something to happen. And then when it finally does, yeah, it really gets going and doesn't stop. It's, it's a pretty good pace after that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of... I feel like they could have done some better editing at some parts because it, it felt a little... Like, it lagged in some parts, you know? It was just like, oh, okay. Like, something happens, and then, like, a lot of nothing happens, and then something's happening again. So, I mean, it, and it's not like this humongous cast. You have the three girls, the three guys, you know, the stepmom, a cop, pastor the convenience store guy i mean it, it reminded me now it wasn't anywhere near as good as green room but it reminded me a little bit of green room at a point because you get a point where there's some characters kind of stuck in a room and people trying to get them out and then things going on outside and that it reminded me a little bit of green room in that way oh yeah for sure i totally agree with this and it didn't help that it was also like heavy metal right yeah the green room so yeah they were like they were like a punk band in that one but close enough i like the uh, direction they took this like I said I had no idea it was going to go in that direction and um, like I said I don't want to give too much away but it's an interesting direction where, where he went you know usually when you watch films that a writer you know like the same writer writes different films there's things that are pretty similar but between this movie and Burying the X, which I found very entertaining and I, and I own. It's part of my Halloween films um, collection. Uh, I, I don't see any correlation. Like, they're too, they're so vastly different. You know, there is the bouts of humor here and there. There were some funny parts. Yeah. But the movie's also very bloody. If you're all about the blood... Like, you yeah. want to see some crazy shit happen, this is the film for you. It's not a slasher. It's not paranormal. So I'm going to throw out all the things it's not. Um, I don't even know what the hell category. I mean, obviously it's a horror film, but what within the genre would you... I think a little bit of slasher. Kind of a slasher. A uh, little bit of home invasion kind of thing. Yeah, I would say even though it's Alexis's home... Um, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, kind of home invasion-y. And you know what's kind of funny is, since it's the same guy who did Barry and the X, and, you know, Alexander Daddario was in that, I could also really have seen that Anton Yelchin playing at least a part of one of the guys in this. Yeah, I, it, I, I could see that, like, the, the, the main guy. The main guy, because it's exactly the kind of character they always put him as, as kind of like the... You know, I'm the punk guy or the metalhead, but I'm a little bit more sophisticated than the other people. I'm a little nicer. There's a little more depth to his character. I could have really seen him putting Anton Yelchin in this easily. <clears throat> Excuse me. Who knows? It's one of those things that you, like, I don't, I don't know when exactly he wrote this. He could have written this like 20 years ago. He could have written it five years ago. So maybe he may, you know, have written it during the same time he wrote Burying the X. Because, you know, things take time to... Yeah, I was just gonna say I could really see Anton Yelchin doing well in the in one of these roles. 
Yeah, I found the film to be very entertaining. Uh, there's a lot, like some crazy kill scenes. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, interesting kills in this. They uh, they get crazy in it, and I think for me the part that's probably my favorite of it is just the whole like where they use the whole satanic panic thing because I really remember that. I I looked up on YouTube and showed Betty some of the uh, Geraldo special that aired that time. That parts of it were filmed in and around where I lived at the time in there in Joplin. And uh, I remember all the people being crazy about this kind of stuff. This was back when, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons was a, a bad sign and all this kind of stuff. And it was just crazy living through that and seeing this kind of this movie. And then it reminded me of back, you know, being back in those times. I have to say that um, there's a scene that really bothered me. And I know it bothered both of us because it's one of those scenes where it's like, the sheriff arrives, okay? This is the sheriff. <laughs> this is not like Deputy Dewey coming on the scene. And, you know, he, some shit happens, whatever. He has to enter the house. Once you see, especially someone in power like that, once you see one person down on the ground or some crazy shit you don't go in like the fucking lone gunman, like guns a blazing. You're going to take care of, you know, cowboy style, the whole fucking scenario. You step the fuck out of that place and you call for backup. Yeah. That part. Yeah. It got me because that, and then like, there's a little bit of some of the characters, you know, the tropes of the horror movies where characters do stupid shit because I was yelling at him at one point. Like, first of all, later on, get the, de- get the gun from the deputy. Don't trust anything. You know what I mean? You, yeah. you have the, you're kind of yelling at the screen in parts of it, which, excuse me, is good in a way because that means you're kind of into it and you're invested in the movie and you really care about the characters and don't want to see anything happen to them. But at the same time, you're annoyed because don't be stupid. You know, at the point that you've seen some of this crazy shit happening, don't be afraid to start shooting at people. You know, you know, they're not your friends at this point, or you know that this guy is not here to do good things for you. Just shooting. <laughs> yeah, we're not. I'm, this is. I'm not trying to have a conversation. I'm not trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel. Like, do what you need to do. Your whole purpose right now is to survive. If you were the victim, yeah. When you see someone covered in blood, come up with a knife walking towards you. Don't don't hesitate to talk to him. Find out what's going on. Just shoot. That could be my own sister. I'd be like, look, that bitch was possessed. Had to take her out. Yeah, my, somebody I've known 20 years coming down the stairs at me, covered in blood, carrying a knife. They are no longer my friend. No, do not trust anyone. That's that's the lesson learned here. Yeah, that that's pretty much most horror movies, though. Don't trust anyone. The stepmom is super annoying. Yeah, I don't know. I, she was a little overblown to me, but, you know, I guess that's probably everybody's had a stepmom or known someone like that at some point. Let me tell you, but she is like the perfect 80s stepmom. Like, she, her whole goal was just to snort that blow, and she was just all about it. Yeah, like she opened her safe at one point, and she's got money and cocaine. That's all that's in the safe. That's it. Oh, wait. (laughs) And a passport. Oh, yeah. You know. So, yeah, she was all about it. So, she's, but she's that annoying stepmom. I mean, personally, obviously, I can speak from experience. Stepmoms can suck, you know. It's not all, it's more of a Cinderella story than it is anything else, you know? Get the stepmom come in, may have kids, they annoying too. It's like, oh, why did you do this to me? 
but seeing seeing that whole like dynamic was just like whoa that's pretty real shit right there yeah yeah between the whole exchange with the stepdaughter and the stepmom and um the friends are you got the friend that's like not really like whatever about the whole situation you know it's like oh yeah okay whatever i'm not really trying to do anything you know gets picked on a little bit that would be the amy forsyth uh, character and then you have uh Alyssa. jesus the dario it's gonna call the dario uh the dario there and she just yeah they just look so metal like the whoever did like the costuming for this just got that shit right on the money yeah, because these all look like people you would see at the heavy metal concert. Yeah, those amazing people, okay? Because I love me some metalheads. I'm all about the whole concert scene, or I was at some point. All about the, the whole, like, chilling out before the show, you know, talking to your friends, drinking, getting well, ready for the experience, you know? It's just spot on. The, the fucking whole, like, mosh scene, like... Yeah, well, I was just say mosh because it's not really, but you know that whole like scene is just like, oh yeah, someone gets hurt. You know, it's like they're totally into it, but gets hurt. Yeah, they're like bleeding, and they're like, yeah. You well, know? they said that a lot of the stuff that they do in the uh, parking lot was based on that documentary, the Heavy Metal Parking Lot, where they uh, filmed uh, a bunch of people out in front of the Judas Priest concert in the eighties. And then if you watch that, yeah, that's pretty much what these people are. So they they got that part really good. Yeah, you gotta love when, you know, people do the research and they're trying to make something, like, authentic to the time. Yeah. As opposed to just going from, like, the fucking hip and like, oh, yeah, that happened, you know, because I saw a picture one time. Yeah, this one felt really authentic to me because, like I said, all the satanic panic stuff, the heavy metal parking lot, just the way they were all dressed, It, you know, I may still be dressing that way. I can't really confirm or deny that. I have to say, you know, I've said this many times if you've listened to our podcast there is a fucking trend with satanic slash cults right now. It's I feel like every other movie that we cover, you know, and I'm and it's like in pockets of time because I feel like you had them, let's say seventies, then like uh I, I wanna say skip over maybe in the eighties, I wanna say skip over the nineties. I feel like the nineties was like just Kind of bare, nothing kind really of a, happened. It was and kind of bare until Scream happened, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it was all slasher all around. And that, like, was the trend. And now I feel like we're heading back into more, you know... Well, you know what it is, is when there's a time, like in the 70s, when, you know, no one really trusts the government and everyone's mm. free, afraid of everyone else. And there's all this, like, political strife and wars going on. That's when you get like the cult movies and they're like, oh yeah, we're the secret cult that runs the world or we're the cult that's going to give you what you want when no one else can and the devil's behind everything. And then by the 80s, that had died down a little bit. So we don't get this until now. We've got crazy things going on in the government again. So that's kind of kind of how that looks to me. For sure. It's sure definitely a statement of what's been going on within like the last, I would say like 10 years. Yeah. Uh, because there has definitely been a resurgence within that genre. And I feel like there's so many directions you can go within that genre. Um, because even something as simple as, you know, I didn't see the... 
I want to always want to call this so midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't see it, but you know, you think like, oh, there's just people like you know, being happy with flowers and shit and wearing white fucking robes, like dresses, dancing around, and and it's not, it's not, it's not good times. It's gonna no. be bad times. It's like stay away. As soon as I see this, see, I saw the Wicker Man, so I already know like the situation I'm gonna come into. <laughs> yeah, once you see the Wicker Man, you know that's another one. You know, first thing is a cult. They're sacrificing someone to make their crops bountiful and have a great time next year. Hereditary. Yep. You know, but you go in, you think, oh, this is what this is about, and then. It's not about that. Or maybe it is. We don't know. See the movie and then come back and tell us if you're like, you're not. Chad shaking his head. He's like, oh, God. I hate it's such it's still somewhat of a new ish film, you know, and I don't want to be the asshole who fucking ruins it. If you want a spoiled cast and we do so many of those uh look you know and listen to our cast where it's just like general and we're talking about other stuff and then go on and listen to the spoiled cast or just watch the fucking movie i'm gonna throw that out there you know another podcast that's gonna oh spoil okay it. okay i was gonna say what are you talking about I don't you're know like is it cast. a rotten meat podcast what's going on is it rotten fruit podcast no like another podcast i will talk about the film in greater detail and um give away i feel like what makes the film different from all the other films that are within the same thing and we just covered that other um the apartment one one bedroom yeah um which is also a cult which is also another cult film i give this movie i'm gonna say two and a half knives yeah i'll go along two and a half knives would be it's it's good, but it's not great, you know? I enjoyed it, but it's not going to be a big standout, you know? No, it's entertaining for what it is. Like I said, it does have... I'm always looking for something that it's not going to be like a psychological thriller or I know I'm not going to be that well invested within the characters because that's not the kind of movie it is. Um, my thing is like, what are the kills like? Are they inventive? Is it something I've seen 5,000 times? Am I going to... Be like, oh, no, this is going to happen to this person because I've seen that, you know, angle or I've seen this happen. And I didn't get that feeling like I really enjoy how they execute the kills in the film. And, you know, I'm not really I'm not a gore whore, but and I wouldn't say it was too good. It was bloody, but I wouldn't think it's like, oh, that's unnecessary. You know, with the smearing of the blood everywhere. That kind of thing. No. well thank you so much for joining in our podcast where we covered we summon the darkness catch it on netflix and stay tuned to the horror and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment please drive home carefully and come back again soon good night